Coronavirus 2020, telemedicine to the rescue. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Jason Hollick, Chief Medical Officer at SOC Telemed. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Tanya. Uh, I'm Jason Hallock, and I'm the Chief Medical Officer at SOC Telemed. And at uh, SOC Telemed, we started about 15 years ago with a, a large multi-specialty physician practice, uh, primarily focused on neurology, psychiatry, and uh, a little bit later, uh, critical care. Uh, but about five years ago, we realized uh, there wasn't a good system in place to deploy our uh, physicians efficiently where and when they need to be there. So we decided we had to go out and, uh, and build that system. So we now also have a technology platform uh, that's based on an intelligent decision engine that gets doctors where and when they need to be there based on the needs of patients in hospitals or other acute care settings. What is acute telemedicine and how does it differ from direct to consumer medicine? Well, acute care telemedicine is a little different than the direct to consumer. And, and I'll speak about both acute care telemedicine is, is typically when the patient's in the hospital or another acute care setting like a skilled nursing facility uh, or rehab, um, but it could also be in the patient's home if, if, if they're being visited by a home nurse. And uh, what's different about acute care telemedicine is uh, in the hospital space, there's, there's need for specialists that sometimes are in short supply, whether that's based on uh, geography in rural areas or the demands of the patient where they need a specialist in seconds to minutes, like a, a neurologist in the case of a stroke. Uh, and we operate in that space of getting the specialist where they need to be, when they need to be there. Direct to consumer is a little bit different in that uh, it's typically more primary care based. It's very valuable for patients. It allows them to, to get the care they need in their home uh, when they need it. But the scope is just a little bit different. It's, it's focused on primary care and maybe a few specialists and it really is up to uh, the patient to get access through their insurance company uh, or uh, their employer uh, providing that access. Uh, but it's very valuable and, and it helps patients also. In the age of coronavirus, how are hospitals using this technology and, and what are the benefits? Well, hospitals are using the technology to keep both patients and providers safe. Uh, you know, you can't, uh, a doctor can't get sick uh, while providing care via telemedicine and also, uh, you know, anyone in the hospital, especially a, a doctor or a PA or nurse practitioner, if they were to become sick and be able to transmit the virus, you, you can't transmit it via telemedicine. And a lot of hospital care can be provided uh, via telemedicine, generally up to the point where, you know, someone uh, or a doctor would need to do a procedure on a patient. Uh, but other than that, telemedicine is extremely effective, and, and patients are finding it more and more useful uh, when they get to see a specialist that, that's in rather short supply. How does the technology work exactly? How, do, how does it connect doctors to hospital? What's involved? Well, there's a couple of pieces. Uh, one is the endpoint uh, with the patient. And in the hospital setting, the most common endpoint is a telemedicine cart. Uh, and it, it sounds... Um, uh, like a lot of technology, but really it's, it's simple things that we know, but it really enhances the patient's experience. So a telemedicine cart has a very large screen so the patient can see and hear the doctor. And then it has some peripherals that help the doctor treat the patient better and give the patient a better experience because patients in hospitals may be a little sicker than someone at home. They may have problems speaking. So 
certain things become very important, like having an omnidirectional microphone uh, if you want to hear the patient and family, or even having a detachable microphone that can be brought right up to the patient so the doctor can hear them. Uh, some other things help doctors uh, in that setting also, and that's a pan tilt zoom camera. That allows uh, a neurologist to, uh, for example, zoom in on the patient's eyes where that may be a critical part of the exam, or even critical care doctors to see the monitors real time in the patient's room. Uh, so all that enhances both the patient's experience and the doctor's ability to help the patient. There's other components too, uh, and that's what, uh, what happens on the doctors. And typically that's very simple. It's a, it's a computer with multiple screens and monitors that allows them to see the patient's record, uh, see the patient and also available imaging if they need to look at x-rays or CT scans. The magic of telemedicine happens through the interface of actually getting the doctor to the bedside when and where uh, they need to be. And that can be quite complex as you scale through either a, a regional hospital system in multiple states or, or even nationally like we do at SOC Telemed. Once the coronavirus emergency has passed, how do you see telemedicine evolving? Well, there's going to be a lot more access and, and utilization of telemedicine. You know, before coronavirus, only about 10% of patients uh, had access to doctor in the past via telemedicine, and less than 1% of all care in hospitals was provided by telemedicine. Now that it's being uh, paid for by Medicare and uh, nearly all the private insurance companies, uh, I think patients are becoming more and more comfortable with it. Certainly some vulnerable patients, uh, especially maybe the elderly that aren't as comfortable with technology still may need some, some help to use it. Uh, but I think it's really here to stay in the mainstream. Dr. Jason Halleck, Chief Medical Officer, SOC Telemed. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that, Jason? Well, they can go to our website, uh, socTelemed.com, and uh, we're happy to interact with you. Thanks again. And Thank find you, more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.